0: podcast is part of the sports social podcast network love this podcast support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. it's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment just hit the link in the show description to support now it's Sam maximum oh it's brilliant taken away by wigs let's see strikes it! Yeah. Stamford shot. Oh, brilliant! The pogba! Oh, what a finish! Came out to him. Menez! Pick that one out! What a goal by Harry Kane. Saka, 2-0. Jesse Lingard! Oh! Something finished! The champions of 2021
1: are Manchester City. It's a Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Proudly brings to you the best prediction podcast in the world, A Tad Predictable, with your host, Triwa Chanakira, and his guest, it's Guy Drinkle. Oh man, oh man, oh man, if you're like me, you're probably still bobbing your head to that new theme music that we got, that beat slaps up, I'm, I'm still... So excited about that. Um, Obviously, brand new season. Welcome, everyone, to a Tad Predictable. This is episode 36. We're in the 30s now. Um, And I'm super excited to have our guest on this week. Super excited for you guys to be coming back and joining us. We've had a little bit of a hiatus. The suits upstairs allowed us to take a break. I mean, it was a hectic Premier League season, as everybody knows Um, So it was a good chance for us to give the staff a bit of a break, let them recharge, go hang out with their families, have, have, have a life outside of football, try and forget about football, and then come back supercharged, ready to go for another brand new Premier League season. And once again, I'm so glad that you guys have come back. For those of you that are new, welcome. You can jump on the bandwagon. This is going to be an awesome show. We're going to introduce... The teams for the season, obviously, give you know our score predictions, but just give you guys a nice background of what the the league even looks like. If if you know if if you're like us, if you like our staff, you've kind of taken a break from Premier League football and you're coming back into it. You want to you know figure out what's going on, who should I be predicting to, you know is going to win games and by how much and all of that good stuff. But I'm definitely not doing this alone. I always bring in a guest and. There's no better way to start off a season than bringing in our executive producer, Guy Drinkle. Guy, first and foremost, welcome back to a brand new season. And what did you spend your time doing during the break? Was it Olympics? Was it, what was it?
0: Recording other football podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was not the edict. The edict was to forget about football. Uh, well, I had to do a daily Euro pod and then obviously Dave dragged me out every week and then the season was basically starting so yeah nothing's changed for me
1: that is terrible, I I had a nice long break, I thoroughly enjoyed the Olympics Um, I just, kind of wish they, they would kind of like Hunger Games but not really where they need to nominate one random average Joe from the world population that gets thrown into these events without training or anything, just so we can get a proper appreciation for some of these athletes and what they're doing. I I don't know if you would be on board with that.
0: I think that should be the decathlon. That that (laughs) That should be the decathlon. A bit of everything.
1: No name. I mean, yeah, that that could be really fun. But, Guy, um, obviously we had a really fun season last season on Tad Predictable, our debut season. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed hosting it, we're back, we got renewed for a second season, it's always nervy on your debut season, whether or not you get renewed, we got renewed as executive producer, I'm sure that is something that uh, you're chuffed with.
0: Yeah, it's always good, especially one where I come on and I'm the face, and the voice, and everyone's favourite guest, obviously.
1: <laughs> I don't doubt that at all, um, but yeah. let's get into this premier league season slowly you know we can kind of relax it's the opening weekend of the premier league season as we're saying and you know we're we're trying to help everyone and and maybe help me as well and i know you've been podcasting all summer so you you you, you're the perfect person to have on because you're clued up on everything that's going on with every single club i have no doubt about that but um let's figure out what's going on in the Premier League. What are your initial thoughts on, you know, this season coming up? And obviously we've, we've got the full 10 fixtures to get to. So we'll, we're going to crack on with those, but I'm just, I'm just curious in terms of overall as a season, is is this a season that you excited for nervous for? What, what are you feeling?
0: I'm quite excited for, because Liverpool have defenders, which <laughs> 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 so is obviously helpful, but I think it should be good. I think, not everyone's done huge amounts of business, but you look, Man City have obviously spent hugely, and obviously the Kane rumours don't go away. Liverpool obviously got canate but they are rumoured to get probably one more. Chelsea are about to spend big um, on probably
1: the...
0: I don't know, it depends on how much you rate Kane and Lukaku, but probably the most important signings of the, uh, of the window... Arsenal are doing very much Arsenal things. <laughs> and it looks like that will continue with their goalkeeper signing. Um, I think the main ones that are probably that of interesting are Villa and Crystal Palace. Because Villa are obviously losing their talisman, their best player. But you look at the business they've done around that. Buendia, uh Ings, by uh, Bailey. Um, and then getting people like Twan Zabi and Ashley Young just to fill in the squad. I think they'll be interesting to look because they've obviously improved in numerous positions rather than just trying to replace Grealish in a one And Crystal Palace basically had to remake their whole team. So it'll be interesting to see how well they do. But uh, yeah, I think it'll be an interesting one. I think the teams that have came up, they are, I think, play a decent amount, decent football, especially Norwich and, and Bre- the little bits and bobs I've seen at Brentfords and... I I don't know. Watford's change <laughs> football style must change every manager, so God knows. Um, but yeah, I think I, I think it'll be a good season.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm thoroughly looking forward to it. I think the biggest thing for me is just returning to a normal season where the fixture list isn't so congested, and just allowing the players to actually you know give us the best that they can because a lot of these players were playing through injuries not getting enough time to recover, barely getting a chance to breathe. And, and they've got a game, you know, up their heels. And also, fans are back, guy. Um, I think that's a huge factor for some of these players. It's a huge factor for us fans. We need our football. You know, this, this is one of these things that we love as an escape, as, as, as a bonding thing, you know, going to a game with a loved one, going to a game with a friend. I think that's so massive. And then some of these players, I'm looking at them and I'm thinking, I think they play better when fans are there. They they want those away fans, you know, um, chirping at them. They want their home fans cheering them. That kind of thing. So it's it, it's a really exciting season for me. But you mentioned one team earlier, or or both teams actually in 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 your summation. There, we start the season on a Friday. They're not messing around. They're not waiting for Saturday. I said. Friday we're going to kick it off. It's Brentford versus Arsenal, and you mentioned Arsenal there with some of the business that they've done. They've spent money. I, I don't think that you know the the complaints of not spending money can be raised uh, this season. Maybe you can then raise where the money is being spent, and I suppose then that argument kind of spins and spins and spins. But they have spent money, as you said, big money signing of Ben White. Uh, I think being the face of all all of the transfers that they've made and then they're going away from home to a Brentford side who very exciting project in the championship in terms of heavily influenced by analytics and data or data uh, depending on where you come from but what do you think of this game i i think it's so fascinating you got an arsenal side you know obviously they've got that documentary this season which i'm going to be glued to <laughs> but um they travel away. It's 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 an Arteta team that's probably facing a lot of pressure um, to start the season well because Arteta's had some time there now. He should have imprinted what he wants in his team by now, you would expect. So going away to Brentford, arguably, you know, people are thinking, oh, he has to get three points. There's no excuse. It's a promoted team. We're Arsenal. We're trying to get back into the top four you know, ambitiously, hopefully challenging for the title as well, but definitely trying to get back into the top four. And then you come up against a very tricky, well-drilled Brentford side. Tell me what you're thinking for this one.
0: Yeah, it's almost an unknown because I think coming into this season, I've seen Norwich, I've seen Watford in recent years. But Brentford, I'm not a big championship watcher, but, I mean, you hear of them, Ivan Toney. Uh, I think it's Matthias Jensen Mbwemo, I think that's how you pronounce his name, Rico Henry. Um, and as you mentioned, you, you hear more about the approach than the individual. Um, a lot of um, Scandinavian Danish players and stuff like that. And you, you've seen the amount of players that have come in to the Premier League from uh, from Brentford. I mean, uh, Esri Konza from Villa, he, he was there, I think. And, and, and numerous others. They just seem to always pick up the right player at the right time. I think people like James Tarkowski and stuff like that over there as well. Um, but as you say, Arsenal... I'm trying to think of any other manager that's probably as um, under as much pressure as Arteta is straight away. Steve Bruce, maybe probably but,
1: Rafa Benitez. Rafa,
0: yeah, the one I mean, the fans who don't like their manager. manager, yeah, I think, yeah. <laughs> I think you've got Rafa at Everton, Steve Bruce at Newcastle, but I don't think Steve Bruce will get sacked anytime soon. Probably not Rafa either. Um, yeah, it's probably the ones to look out for. But yeah, I think Arteta's is probably the one coming into the most pressure because <laughs> he's. He's not new in the job. He, as you say, what it's been, what two and a half years now, something like that. He had yeah, half a season, yeah, now. it might be one and a half years, however long it's been. I mean, they obviously won the FA Cup, but it might just be a generational thing for me. But the FA Cup, it shouldn't save you a job, um, or not, in my opinion. I? I mean, we've seen like people like Van Gaal and stuff like that go, but I've yeah, not
1: 2019 seen 2019 he came in,
0: did it? Good god. I'm getting yeah. old. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I think he's coming into the job under a lot of pressure. The signings, I mean, obviously the signings will be a big part of this first one. I like Ben White, but you look at the other deals for centre-backs and stuff coming into the league, it, it's not the same. You buy buying Brighton's versatile centre-back, because he was playing right-back at times, he was playing midfield at times, and then the they kind of settled on a back-three It's a strange signing. Was it 40 or 50 mil was one of them? But then you look at Liverpool... 52. Jesus! Um, (laughs) You look at Liverpool, obviously not all of these players would have went to Arsenal or would have wanted to go to Arsenal or even considered it, but Canate for 36 or 35 mil um, to Liverpool... Uh, Romero, who's regarded as the best Serie A centre back, I think he was like forty odd mil to Spurs. I, Varane's probably different because his money's in wages rather than transfer fee, but he was still forty mil. It, it just it doesn't scream good value to me. And you, you look at the other ones: a, a backup left back and a young midfielder, and like giving new contracts to Granit Xhaka. They haven't addressed right back. They haven't addressed. Um, well, unless this Le Congo, kid is much better than I expect him to be. They haven't addressed him. They haven't got rid of people like William and stuff like that. Um, it, it's a strange summer for Arsenal. And I think they've kind of... <sighs> I think they've kind of gone sideways of anything while spending a decent amount of money. I think they're favourites for this game, but that's probably me not knowing anything about Brighton. More than anything... Brentford. Did I say Brighton? Yeah. Yes, I did. Um, it's because <laughs> I said Ben White and Brighton, but Brentford, um, but yeah, they're, they're such an unknown. I have to make Arsenal favourite, but it really wouldn't surprise me any result because Arsenal, I think they were like the second best form team finishing the season, but it's a new season and I kind of think they'll start off terribly again and then Rescue the, Well, I say rescue, the finished eighth. But then end the season when there's no pressure quite well. So, I'll say a tight game. I'll say 2-1 Arsenal. But, as I said, I don't think any result would surprise me.
1: Yeah, I, I, I don't think it would. And Brentford are going to be one of those sides where, because they've got that unknown advantage, and because they're so influenced by analytics... I think they could sneak some games. And we've seen in past seasons Arsenal are susceptible to stuff like that, where the Arsenal are going in, you're expecting them to win, and somehow they struggle. Um, so obviously you are on the show, and it's been a running gag on this show that you always prick draws. Um, so in honour yeah, of is. you being on this show, I'm going to go for a 2-2 draw. I do not trust defences at the start of the season, and probably this is going to be a theme throughout um my predictions here, but for for game week one. But I just don't think defenses are settled enough. Um early on, you're looking at the fitness levels of players. A lot of players aren't going to be willing to run back uh, to help out the defense. And it's just going to give an opportunity for the goal scorers. I'm looking at, you know, the likes of Ivan Tony, who may not play and I, I suppose that will scare many fantasy players. Because I'm assuming he's one of those that's going to be quite highly owned. But he's in Martum. <laughs> yeah. So if if he plays, I think he's in with the shout for his first goal, and that's just going to skyrocket his value on fantasy. But with a two-two draw, guy, uh, I really think that this could be an exciting game, and we will see. You know how they how they get on. But we move on to another team that's facing maybe a manager that is facing pressure in Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, in that he's just signed a brand new four-year contract. He's made big moves in the transfer market, you know, highlighted by the bringing in of Jadon Sancho and Rafael Varane. Man United have to challenge this season, in my opinion. I, I, I don't know if top four is enough, considering the firepower that they've brought in and obviously just defensive stability they've brought in, but also... I think expectations are going to be slightly higher for Ollie. They finished second last season. Um, how do you see them, you know, handling a very, very difficult lead side? I mean, they were surely the neutrals team of the season. They were so fun to watch. And I'm not expecting anything different from them this season in terms of bringing that energy. They, they haven't looked great in preseason, but... Uh, I don't put too much weight in preseason games. Um, And I think they were kind of saving their energy for once the season starts. And I think this is going to be a fascinating game.
0: Yeah, this is probably the, I was going to say, tie of the round. I don't remember. It's Man City, (laughs) Tottenham, (laughs) isn't it? Yeah, this is probably still up there. Yeah, I think you're spot on about Ollie and pressure. I think. It might not be coming from behind the scenes because I think their owners will be happy with top four because we know what the Glazers are. They, they want to keep in the Champions League for money. And then if if they keep in the Champions League, I know they've invested this summer, but I think it needed that investment. If they stay in the Champions League without investing huge amounts now that they've finally put backed with two big signings, or let, let's say one, and a pending signing, because Varane has had the longest medical in football history.
1: Um, well, to be fair, I think his visa has taken a while to come in.
0: It's all the medical to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think he has to quarantine and stuff like that, so it's probably taken a while, hasn't it? Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I think the, pr- the pressure is on now. I-, I was just loading up the league table from last, last season. And-, and-, and 74 points, I mean, they did come second, but 74 points will never win you a title. Like barring a mirror, like a Leicester-esque miracle, it will never win you a title. Seventy-four points, if other teams are performing, would probably just about get you top four or third. So, and I think it was sixty-six points to got the pre-season previous. If you can me, yeah, sixty-six points, which again probably lucky to get your Europa League. So this season backing with Jaden Sancho, which was seventy five mil going on ninety, whichever side you believe. Varane's going to, what forty mil in his room would be on like three hundred grand a week or four hundred grand a week. It's that the pressure is on. Like and I think that... I personally think their squad could win the league if you got the best out of people like Pogba. But we've been saying get the best out of Pogba the day he walks into Manchester. Um it's just about getting the right blend because the midfield still has issues, but every team has issues. Um, how do you balance the up front? Obviously, Martial's now back fit. I think Cavani's missing the start of the season. Rashford's injured, isn't he? Um, I don't think they'll throw Sancho in straight away. Um, yeah, it's a strange one with Manu. I think if they get fourth, which I have them penciled in for in terms of my league table, depending how competitive they are. If they finish like 15 points off first off first again, I, you have to, I think Man United fans should expect more. It, they just do. I think they just should do. Um, but on to Leeds. As you said, they've not had a good pre-season, but it's pre-season who cares? <laughs> Obviously it helps if you have a really good pre-season, but as long as you perform when it matters... Um, it doesn't really, it doesn't count for anything other than getting your fitness up. But is second season syndrome a thing? That's probably the only question mark about Leeds because you look at the squad. The, the defense really settled in the second half of the season when um, Laurenti came in. I think he might be missing the start of the season. I'm sure I saw he wasn't had a knock. Um, on Twitter earlier yeah. on, yeah. Um, so the defense might have a couple of question marks till he's back. Um. The ball for didn't they from Barcelona, so that's an improvement at left back or a more specialised left back because he had um, uh, Alioski play there, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah, and if you look at Leeds overall, I think for them to perform, you need certain members to do well. Bamford needs to score, um, Ruffini needs to create, uh, Calvin Phillips needs to just play the ma- be the maestro. But, anywho, uh, focusing more on the game, I think Man United have a few question marks who they'll play up front because, uh, as I mentioned, uh, Cavani's missing, Rashford's miss- uh, missing, <clears throat> probably Greenwood Martial. Depends if they want to throw Sancho in straight away. Probably Dan James, maybe, if he's fit. Um, and Leeds... If I remember correctly, United battered Leeds last season. I'll say United win, and I'll say 3-1, because I think Lorente is quite a big miss for them. And I'm backing Greenwood, because even though he's a United player, I quite like him. So 3-1 United. Uh, Man United, because they're both United.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He's a phenomenal finisher, I think, um, in terms of young strikers in not just England, but around Europe. In terms of the specific game, um, I think it's going to be, once again, as I said, as the theme for me this um, game week one, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I'm going to go with a 3-2. And I've been tossing and turning about who gets the 3, who gets the 2, because I don't think either, either side's defences are going to be settled. I mean, Luke Shaw arriving late, uh, having, you know done well at euros is he's is he going to be fit and fine ready for the season i'd imagine Juan basaka is fine looking at harry Maguire once again someone that was involved in the euros but he seems to be fine and ready to go um and then who plays next to him that that's the thing as we said Varon's not in yet bailey's got an uh he had the olympics so he's still out for a while it's it's, it's um lindelof again to who to has always been Linda Love. For, <laughs> Who has been shaky for Man United. So I can see them shipping a few goals in that one. And then you look at Leeds. Can Bamford do it again? I think it's the big, big question for them. Um, I, I think everyone in and around him should still keep the same levels. I'm hoping it's whether or not he can step up again with those goals. So I'm I'm, I'm going to go with the 3 2 Leeds win in this one I think they cause an upset at Old Trafford I think it's going to be game of the weekend I know we got Tottenham um, Man City later down the line but I think this one's going to be the game of the weekend and I am thoroughly going to enjoy that one Guy I don't know if this one's going to be game of the weekend for you because Mm -hmm. I know you secretly love Brighton um, as one of your underdog teams but they come up against a Burnley side that Every single season gets predicted to be relegated and somehow they stay up. Neither club hasn't done as much business as maybe the fans would have wanted. Certainly me, you know, outside looking in. I don't think the clubs have done enough to address the problem areas. Um, for for either of their respective teams I'm looking at Brighton Still not having that out and out Goal scorer that's going to get them the goals They need um, and then Burnley we know that Sean Dyche works on, on, on A very very small Budget and he kind of has to Figure out what to do there um, Yeah I, I'm very confused about this game I like the football that Brighton Played towards the end of last season And throughout the season and I think they're gonna come unstuck again in this game in terms of not having someone that can just put the ball in the back of the net. So I'm I'm going with a one nil Burnley win off the off the bat. And it's obviously going against my mega goal scoring theme that I have going on that I've set up for this <laughs> gonna, podcast. But I was gonna say it's the nine game, games and two if, games. <laughs> if there is a game that I'm gonna call a one nil in it's going to be Brighton versus uh, it's going to be Burnley versus Brighton.
0: Yeah, I think two of the more defensive teams, or they certainly were last season, two of the more defensive teams. um, Bright and surprising, because I think when you look at the squad and stuff like that, you'd probably think, ooh, fancy going forward. But then they realised they have no striker. (laughs) So just decided to um, get very solid defensively, and I think he'll be much the same. I think Lamptey's missing this one, isn't he? So that's that's a huge outlet. Obviously, they dealt with him for missing probably like two-thirds of the season, so they're obviously used to it, but he's such a big part of their attacking outlet. Um, uh, but yeah, you're right. Neither have done enough business, and it's a shame, but hopefully they do something in the last few weeks. Um, but in terms of this game, I think this will be quite boring, as you say. If Brighton had a striker, you'd predict them to like be pretty safe each game, but they just don't. I'll say one-all... Um, because never doubt Sean Dyche. Although, <laughs> don't Burnley usually start off terribly? Then everyone, they do. as you say, then everyone says they're definitely getting rele- relegated. Then it's just mid table form for the rest of the season and they're perfectly <laughs> fine. Uh, you know what? It's the first g- g- pod of the season. I'm back in my team, or my, my second team. 1 nil Brighton. Let's go.
1: Oh, go on, son. Let's go. Okay, so we're, we're going head to head on that one. Lilana's scoring, scoring a worldie. There's nothing it that can has stop to be, it. Hey? It does. uh that's that's fascinating. Um yes, yeah, so I've gone a one nil Burnley When you've gone one nil Brighton, you've backed your your underdog team there. Um and speaking of underdogs, and I, I want to phrase this correctly not to offend. Could Chelsea be an underdog potential Premier League champion in that I'm sure majority of people will have man city penciled in to be winning that mm-hmm. trophy again just objectively looking at their squad but chelsea are looking mean man they're mm. looking like a proper team and if they then bring in romelu lukaku who at t- time of recording obviously hasn't officially signed yet but it does look like they are bringing him in chelsea could cause serious problems this season and obviously it, this is chelsea versus crystal palace mm. A Palace team that had a lot of surgery to do on their team. at the very least, I'm happy they actually did the surgery. We've seen teams we've just mentioned two teams that needed to make transfers in certain positions and they didn't. Well, Crystal Palace didn't have a choice they they lost so many players <laughs> just being released from from their you know from being in the last year of their contract. I think at one stage they had 12 or thirteen senior players registered for the club and they've brought in patrick Vieira. they've brought in a lot of players into the squad and for me you know obviously crystal palace were the darlings of this podcast early on last season and then i abandoned them and i I, you know (laughs) it, it was a very emotional time okay um they 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 looked really tasty at the beginning um i remember the guys at the back even started a football manager save with Crystal Palace. I don't know how far that went. Um, I actually need to check on that. Um, But in terms of, you know, a team that needed to do business, they've gone and done business, a lot of players from the championship, and I don't know if we can just dub them the EFL All-Stars from now onwards, but they've brought in a lot of exciting young players, as I said, from the championship, not just this season, but last season. And it could be hit or miss, not just with the players, but with the manager. The, you know, Patrick Vieira, he's had good times, he's had bad times. Very inexperienced manager in terms of Premier League manager and and managing in the Premier League. But how do you see this game going? He's coming up against a, a Chelsea side that's probably now a lot more settled in the Tuchel system. Uh, it's a tough outing for Crystal Palace in their first game with a new coach. With a huge overhaul of a squad, I would say.
0: Yeah, it's a bit of a tough one. The only thing I can say for Palace, it might be a good time to play Chelsea because Lukaku's not there yet. (laughs) Uh, So there might be the one that beats them. But no, I mean, I'm watching Chelsea in the background here because the Super Cup's on. Um, It's it's turned into a bit of a back-and-forth game, but they do look quite good in midfield, obviously missing Jorginho, who'd probably be the... The main partner for, for Kante. But other than that, I don't think they're missing anyone of importance. I mean, they've got a few injuries at the back. But Chelsea... The question mark, who's going to score the goals in this game? Because Luke, unless Lukaku is, like, instantly ready... Can you rely on Werner? Can you rely on... Um, I forgot Mason Mount existed. Of course, he'll be missing as well. Um... Or presumably they'll be missing. Um, but yeah, it, will Werner turn up in this game? Will Havertz turn up in this game? That, that's that been the question mark about Chelsea. That Their inconsistencies up front is what let them down last season. That's why Frank got fired. It's why, obviously, Tuchel did very well. And obviously won the Champions League. But there was like, when Tuchel first came in and the improvement was happening, people were like, they'll go get second easily. And I think they ended up getting fourth. Which is fine, because they won the Champions League, obviously. But, yeah, there's still some doubts about the current squad. Now, if they get Lukaku, I agree with what you said. I think I'd still put them third. It might be me being biased, because, obviously, Liverpool fans. But I'd still say Liverpool have a better first eleven. But Chelsea's squad, in terms of depth, probably better than Liverpool's. And City is just stupid, because they've spent £100 million on a squad player, um, but we'll get to them. So, yeah, and and they might be signing a big striker of themselves, but we'll get to that. But, yeah, I think they only doubt... I'll go 1-0 Chelsea, because I mentioned Brentford as the, as the big unknowns. Maybe Palace are the biggest unknowns, because they've had such a... Reputation, it's not even a reputation, it's just a style of play for so many years. Obviously, they went away from it for seven games with the ball, but they've been settled in that defensive style of football pretty much their entire entire run in the Premier League. I'm not too familiar with Vieira, will it be different? But he's got a lot of players to settle into the, the starting 11. Um, but I'll back Chelsea for a tight win because till Lukaku gets that I can't confidently say they'll score loads of goals in games so I'll say a 1-0 Chelsea but I think this will be quite an interesting game
1: oh nice uh, for me I think the lack of chemistry versus you know a team that's starting to gel and and starting to show you you know what Tuchel's wanting to to bring out of them and obviously As we say, if Lukaku comes in, I don't think he would be coming in for this game. So it's not really relevant for this specific game. But I just think Crystal Palace will be a team that just won't have gelled enough to play Mm. such a systematic team like Chelsea. And even though they'll create a lot of chances and maybe Timo Werner wasn't scoring last season, etc. And they weren't putting away enough chances... I just think they're going to create way too many chances. And maybe I'm being harsh to the EFL All-Stars, but I'm going to go with a 3-0 Chelsea win. I just don't see Oof. how Crystal Palace can escape this game with such a brand-new squad, Get brand new in new manager. Your FBL. For I don't even know for a, for, for a week. But yeah, uh, you know, hope, hopefully for his sake and for Chelsea fans' sake, he has a good season. And speaking of hopefully someone has a good season, um, you, you mentioned obviously as a Liverpool fan, are you hoping Rafa has a good season? I mean, our next fixture is Everton versus Southampton. Now, I'd imagine Everton, a lot of Everton fans weren't too chuffed about bringing in a former Liverpool manager who has said some disparaging things about Everton in the past as well. But anyway, he's in. They haven't been that busy in the transfer market. And I I think that's more to do with some of the business they've done in previous seasons where the the outlay in previous seasons has been so much that they can't afford to go big in this one. They're kind of just, you know, paying a bit for that. Um, So it's kind of weird. Rafa always going into jobs where he's not... Financially supported as much as you'd Mm. hope he would be. I, I would have been really interested to see Rafa being fully supported at an Everton side who would be hoping to, at the very least, be ready if one of the in inverted commas traditional big six aren't performing this season and they can get into one of those European spots, if not a Champions League spot. That that's surely what Everton would have been aspiring to. But for this specific game a Rafa Benito's coach side that will probably be really tactically disciplined against the Southampton side who fantastic manager, but there's a lot of drama happening behind the scenes in terms of ownership and lack of backing. So it's, I guess it's two sides with owners that one can't really back because of what they've done in the past. And another owner who they kind of been told not to back, um, and all in the middle of that are two really good managers, managers that I rate quite highly. What is going to happen in this game? Does that all go out the window? Does that bleed into and seep into the on-field stuff for this this match? I mean, Southampton, big loss for them. Danny Ings mm-hmm. is gone. Um, are you predicting them to score in this game? Is 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 that it, you know? Does life continue without Danny Ings, or do they kind of stutter their way through the beginning of the season?
0: Well, Adam Armstrong signed two days ago, and obviously Blackburn's league season started, so he would have. I don't. He wasn't in their squad, but he would have obviously prepared for the season with them, I presume. Um, so maybe he is match fit ready. Obviously, he won't have a huge understanding with, with with the systems and all that jazz because Southampton's tactics are run as hard as you can for 90 <laughs> minutes and then you will die by February. Um, but yeah, I think Armstrong should be all right to start. Um, I'm not sure how he compares to Danny Ings, but obviously Danny Ings has been one of the more dependable upper-mid-table strikers. That's how I word that Win one. Fits. When Win fit. Fits. Big caveat, but yeah, I think um, Armstrong. Let let's see, but the, obviously I'm, you may have not seen, but it looks like they're selling Vestergaard as well. Who, uh, I'm not bothered they're losing Vestergaard, but they're short. They were short at centre back anyway. Now they probably need two. I mean, they're going to go out the season probably Bednarek and Salisu or. I can't remember his bloody first name, Smith. What the hell his name is? Um, I probably do. it's probably not Smith. Uh, the English centre back they've got, but um, yeah, they probably need a new centre back. And then there's other issues that like they had. They were short in midfield last season, but yeah, Southampton look a bit of a mess. I I I like quite a lot of their team and, and players. But yeah. Um Everton quickly. Rafa loves a challenge and this one might top them all. <laughs> <laughs> Off field issues. Um I don't know how to word this without getting a legal trouble, but you know. Um he's what is he must be the first manager Christ even Big Sam got backed, didn't he? Um He's just not been backed, I think since Machinery came, he's probably the first manager that's not really been backed that, that... Properly. Um I mean who have the signed? Townsend, Damari Gray and Asmir Bekovich Oh dearie me, Rafa Benitez, isn't it? He should have stayed for Newcastle. Um Yeah. I think Richard unless they rush Richarlison back, who obviously just played... I presume he started in the uh, Olympic final. Which was like a few days ago, so he'll be knackered. Um, DCL's had a, a knock, but he might be okay. Um, see if Moise Keane can be a thing this season. But, I mean, Everton, the thing about Everton is they do have a good squad. We saw it at times last season. Their home form was like awful, wasn't it? And their away form was like top four. So if Rafa can find a way of balancing that out. They're probably a Europa League squad. And as you mentioned, they've just got to hope the big ba- the big lads or the two North London clubs are bad again unless they kind of fall off a smidge. Of course, I mean we'll hint at either way, but my top four is Manchester, Chelsea and Liverpool. Um But yeah, Everton, they have a good squad. It's just Will it fit with Rafa? I think so. Can he get can he get like um James Rodriguez playing? You'd hope so. I know they apparently had a fallen out of Real Madrid, but he's kind of stuck there, so might as well play him. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see. But in terms of the game itself... I mean, when it does rain, it pours on Rafa Benitez, doesn't it? No, I'll be boring. First draw, 1-0. Oh, wow.
1: welcome to the club. Welcome to the club. I'm surprised it took you this long. Um, Yeah, I'm... In terms of this game, I I think one thing we always know about Rafa is he'll always do enough. He'll always just do enough to to get by, and he's come into a tricky situation. This game, I think he's going to just do enough and win a 2-1. I I think that Southampton players are going to be – it's going to be a tough task to get them up in terms of morale, and obviously they're being paid money to play football. They should be professional. But there's just a lot going on at the moment there. I mean, even the Ings, you know, transfer out, to me, from the outside looking in, it it, it seemed so sudden. And I'm wondering, did the players even know this was happening? Like, obviously, I'm, I'm I'm hoping they did, you know, at least brace them for something like that. But it just seems like all the wrong things are happening at Southampton at the moment. And as you said, Vestergaard, you know, about an hour ago at um time of recording they're accepting a you know a bid for him from Leicester that's a big loss for them as well so it just seems to be spiraling at the moment and going into this game I don't think they're going to be able to stop the misery unfortunately for this game hopefully um, you know for the games following that one we'll see how Armstrong does they're still holding on to Jamie um, James Ward-Prowse, who I know Aston Villa have been sniffing around for. So, I mean, there's a Spurs, lot going Spurs on Spurs will him as well just
0: before, yeah. I checked Twitter before the pod.
1: There's just a lot going on at the moment for them. And I just think that it's going to be too much and it's going to weigh too much on them. Uh, it's a game away from home. We know the Everton fans are going to be up for it. They usually are. It'll be interesting to see the reception that Rafa gets. But I think Rafa will do Rafa things and grind out to win in this one.
0: If it goes Um, badly, they can just boo the manager. It's fine.
1: (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I guess so. I guess so. But, Guy, we've obviously hit the halfway mark here. And we spoke, obviously, in the production meetings a couple of weeks back and leading up to this one, that how we wanted to set up the season, a huge game for us in terms of this podcast was Bank It or Burn It and obviously our champion, um, Jody McInnes won it last season. We, there was a tie at the end of the season and they had to go head to head for the last game week of the season. Her and Alex Letitia and Jody ended up winning that one at the end. So, you know, I I know the she got the, the trophy was sent to her. I don't know if she would have posted the pictures um by the time this podcast comes out, but I know she was saying she was gonna post definitely before um the the weekend starts um I don't know if it's picture with the trophy or whatever, but the trophy is with her um i don't I don't know if it's left her sight, and she's very bullish saying that she's gonna hold on to that title for this season as well and be the a tad predictable bank it'll be a champion for. 2021 2022 but we're going to ease ourselves into that tournament for now we're just going to do you know sit back relax and we're going to test guys knowledge of the premier league hall of fame inductees now obviously this is a, a a new thing the premier league introducing the hall of fame and you know the 2021 inductees were announced and I don't want to give their names out and and you'll you guys will realize in a second why I don't want to name them quite yet. Uh I don't I don't want to give guy any clues here and I, I and I don't know if he's googled them um just to be familiar but he you. was instructed not to. Um but anyway, guy, we're going to play a little game here where you're going to have five points to start off with. And you're going to ask me a question that will obviously give you hints to reveal the person that I'm currently looking at on the screen in terms of one of these uh, Hall of Fame inductees. Each question that you ask, you will lose a point. So you're trying to retain as many of those five points as possible. And um, every time you guess a player's name, you if it's incorrect, you lose a point as well. So have you got those rules? Yes, sir. Okay, so we're going to start this one off with, um, let's see. All right. Okay, I've I've, I've got a player now. Ask away.
0: Did he play in London?
1: No. Wait, wait, let me just confirm.
0: Uh, Someone made a late move to West Ham. (laughs)
1: <laughs> no, they did not.
0: So no London. That's not a question. Um Manchester
1: did No. They... That's... Uh Liverpool. No. You got two questions or guesses left.
0: That's Does it have to be like can I ask you for? Can I ask you what position he played, or is that too? Or is that too specific?
1: Yeah, you can ask because you have got five questions. Right. You can ask. Right. Let's see how many points you can get.
0: <laughs> what position did he play?
1: Played as a striker.
0: Is it Alan Shearer?
1: <laughs> you got it with the last one. You keep one <laughs> measly point, guy. Um, it's not a great start. I'll be honest. You what? got one point. Um, let's see how you do. Obviously, now you, you're kind of getting into the swing of the game. Um, we'll, we'll keep go it to going, even two. if I don't
0: win. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll go to round two, and obviously, it does make it easier because now Alan Shearer is off the board, and I, I won't be mean and, and click on him again. But let's so I have to just okay. guess a player straight away. You could, but you lose a point there. I only but, have one okay. left, Order. No? <laughs> Sorry?
0: I only have one left. Or no, 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 no. Is it, it reset uh, to five?
1: Next, yeah, it resets oh, oh, at five. Oh, okay. I was going to say time. that a heart bloody game. <laughs> no, no, no. It, it resets at five. You've got five questions or five guesses oh, lovely. for the next person. I've got them on the screen now.
0: Right. What position did he play? Striker. Uh, did he play in the northwest of England?
1: No. Three questions left, or three guesses left.
0: Is... Did he play for Arsenal?
1: Yes. Thierry Omri? No. Dennis
0: Bergkamp? <laughs> one point again. Guy, what is going on? Well, it was a
1: 50-50. Yeah, but yeah. Ask better questions. You, a... you... I thought that was four. <laughs> you got one point. That's you had consistent. five, and you're left with one. I don't think anyone would be happy with that. Only, anyway. only okay. Connect
0: is happy with one point when we do this. And if anyone's not played Only okay. Connect, it's hard. Sorry.
1: This is the second last round. We're going to do four rounds of this. Um, and I have the player now.
0: What position? Midfield. Did he play in the northwest? west Yes. Is it Roy Kane? No. Shit. Um, Am I allowed to swear? I am not.
1: Two uh, guesses. Uh, Let's beat one. Go on, take a guess.
0: I've got two. Is it Paul Scholes? No. (laughs) Damn. So now it's between. Oh. Right, now I'm not counting this because you didn't answer the question. Is it central midfield or just midfield? Like, clarify for that, for me. Because
1: I might help it. Okay. Yeah, I'll clarify. Center midfield. Gerard. Yeah. Damn it. Ah, oh, one point, guy. You're a Liverpool fan. What? All right. It? Last round. Okay. Okay, here we go. Last round. Redeem yourself. You. You've got three Frank points. Frank out of a possible fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I <laughs> if it's Frank Lampard, See, I, do advise, I do admire. I do admire the tactic. But um, all right, uh, I've got a player.
0: What position?
1: Midfield.
0: Frank Lampard.
1: No, that's too. Good.
0: <laughs> Is it? Did he play in the northwest? Yes. Have I named him on this That's podcast?
1: Three questions. No. Oh God! Two guesses left. So, midfield is not central midfielder. So, a midfielder that played in the northwest that you haven't mentioned yet. Beckham. Yes. Woo! What a shout! What a shout to end it off. That that was good. Okay, you you got better towards the end. I am box office were asking. You're asking better questions. Um, yeah, okay. So, out of a potential twelve points, you got a whooping five points. Um, yeah. I'm quite happy with that. The less said about that, the better, I think. Uh, guys, we will move on to Leicester City versus Wolves. Leicester, or should I say, the Community Shield champion, oh, Leicester lovely. City versus wolves um guy how do you see this specific game going obviously leicester city side bouncing into the season um having had a really good summer i think it's safe to say signing of pats and duck i'll just throw that one out there as Mm -hmm. the jamie vardy you know heir to the throne is a fantastic signing that that one was for me was a breakout signing uh Bubi Kassamore, another fantastic signing. None of these deals, you know, too much money. But anyway, that's not relevant for this exact specific game unless they're playing. But they're going up against the Wolves side that we probably don't know what kind of Wolves side we're going to see in this one. So one, how does Wolves maybe approach this game? Or is it all going to be Leicester with, with the form that they come into this one?
0: Yeah, I think Leicester will be heavy favourites because I think Wolves only going off by reputation and people who watch the odd bit of Benfica that Bruno Lager was, is quite an attacking coach and obviously Nuno wasn't. So it's quite a lot of a, a lot of change. Um, whether they keep the three at the back system or four at the back. They haven't done a lot of business of the... Um, and I will double-check that whilst I'm scrolling. I mean, they've signed Trinquiao, who wasn't and and replaced the goalkeeper with a worse goalkeeper. So yeah, if they play four at the back and go Uber attacking, I I I worry for Wolves because Conacody ain't built for four at the back. Willie Bolly ain't really built for four at the back, he's probably the best suit, but he's not that good at, at that. Um Yeah, I think Leicester if Leicester find the right balance up front because Vardy obviously had a down season last year, or down half a season, I should say, and Iannaccio became the man. If they can find a way to probably start them too, because as you say, Daka's probably uh, Vardy's success, so probably be Iannaccio and Vardy for now. But when you went to the community you shared had Perez on the right wing and started Madison, obviously, and, and Barnes as back foot. But I think if you get a front three, or in, in some way, shape or form, Barnes, I think that's probably your best bet. So if 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 they find a way to find that balance, um and obviously deal with the defensive injuries, which they are by signing Vestergaard, obviously. I, I think Leicester will have a good season, but in terms of this game in general, I think Leicester are heavy favourites just because I don't I think it'll take a little while for Wolves to find the balance. Cause they've been well, they've just been stuck in three at the back for so long. Um Hmm. Three one Leicester.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna go three one Leicester as well. That's exactly the score that I had. I just think that the potential shift to a back four is going to be trouble for West for Wolves to start off the season and they're they're gonna have to grow into it. Um yeah, and I think Leicester coming in with confidence, with attacking firepower, and it's one of those beautiful situations for them where now they might not need to rely on Jamie Vardy keeping form all season. Um, we saw Ian Archer step up when Vardy wasn't necessarily as consistent. Um, they've got another guy to step up as well, and Pats and Ducker, who I've already waxed lyrical about. But Guy, speaking of waxing lyrical, I think it's only fair to wax lyrical about this next team's transfer window. I thought Aston Villa did really well in this transfer window, considering they were, if you want to say, losing... Um, their star player they're you know one of their talisman but i mean they got a hundred million so i don't know if it's necessarily losing in in, from that perspective obviously as a villa fan it's sad to see him go but they got probably the most they could probably get in that hundred million which is fantastic um city have obviously overpaid but that's what release clauses are for to make a team overpay to get someone And Aston Villa have invested that money really well. We've mentioned the likes of Danny Ings coming in. You also have other players that have come into their squad that I think is going to help them. Buendia being one. Leon Bailey exciting. Got the experience of Ashley Young coming in. Tonzebe on loan is a decent move. I think it's a solid move to just give some depth to that squad. They're coming up against the Watford side who I cannot for the life of me figure out. I've tried <laughs> researching on them. I've tried reading up on them. I've tried listening to podcasts about them. And I still have no clue what Watford side is going to pitch up um, this weekend on Saturday. I- I've given up. If if you can help us out, that would be great. But from my perspective, uh, I-, I think the newcomers, they- 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 for me, they struggled. Um, at the back in preseason. Mm. And I think they're going to struggle again in this game because Aston Villa are bringing a new, for me, more balanced attacking side into the season um, opposed to where everything was kind of going down Jack Grealish's side. Yeah. And I think that balance is going to help them out in this game where Watford can't really just isolate one player and say we're going to mark that player out. No, it's going to be coming from all over the place. So I'm going with the same score that I went with the previous game in 3-1, but I'm going Aston Villa 3, Watford 1. I've given Watford a goal purely because I have no clue what Watford are this season. They might be a goal-scoring team. I genuinely do not know.
0: They have 18 strikers. One of them will score. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think generally on FPL, don't they have like nine Um <laughs> uh, So yeah... Uh, I don't think many people have a Watford forward. Obviously, Saar's a midfielder in the game. Um, but yeah, outside of Sar, um no idea how they'll line up. Like, not in midfield, not in defence. Not even in bloody goal. They have two goalkeepers to the split. So I, like, I've i said that a few times, but Watford genuinely are the most unknown because they have 150 players. Um, I, it's just the sensible thing to make Villa the favourites. I think... I don't think all the new players will start. I think isn't Blandy and missing, or he's got a knock or something like that. So yeah, years of
1: adapt for this. Yeah, one.
0: so maybe Ings by uh, I keep saying by Bailey, um, if he's if he's available, and then uh, maybe rely right. on people like Bertrand Traor, uh, Traore and El Ghazi and uh, Trezeguet still injured. I think isn't he? Um, so yeah, maybe a tad of, bit of the old guard, but adding Danny Ings in there. A lot more reliable goal scorer than Watkins, I think. Um, I think that'll be the difference. I will have no
1: Watkins
0: No, there. no, I like Watkins. I like I
1: Watkins. Watkins. love him. I
0: like absolutely him, but him. as a goal scorer, he was a tad inconsistent. Um, but first year in the Premier League, I think he'll improve, especially kind of being maybe not a winger, but maybe a second striker at O'Wings who can lead the line. And then Watkins can just do all the legwork. Um, but yeah, uh, I was going to say 3-1 as well, but to be different, uh, t- to that unknown, I think it'll be mental. 3-2 Aston Villa. Let's go wow. wild.
1: Let's go wild. It'll end up being Troy Deeney. Let's to go wild
0: front. indeed. <laughs> Troy Deeney.
1: And speaking of going wild... Um, if you want to go wild with your viewing pleasures, I highly recommend that you link up with our presenting sponsors, Liberty Shield. Yes, they're back. They're renewed for a second season. As I say, the podcast has been renewed. We got a renewal in terms of our sponsors in Liberty Shield. If you guys don't know, Liberty Shield is a VPN provider. You can check out all of their awesome services at libertyshield.com. They've got really cool features you know in terms of privacy and security if you want to hide your ip address from anyone either hackers or whoever it may be they they facilitate that by encrypting your internet traffic you can also avoid geo blocks and government imposed restrictions i know there are a lot of those here in the uk and maybe if you're outside as well you're facing those things um it's just a fantastic fantastic package as i said go and check out libertyshield.com and then also a huge thank you to our presenting sponsors as well eplindex.com and on that um i have spoken to the suits upstairs in terms of last season we had an epl index stroke predictions page on the eplindex.com website they are currently setting that up i'm not sure yet if it's going to be ready for the first game week but we we are working on something to make sure that you guys can send in your predictions if you obviously want to play against us and there may be a prize at the end of the season as i said i leave that to the suits upstairs um they they're working on something so stay tuned for that one but guy we move on to a spicy game and i say spicy because the last time these two teams met it um at you know to open the season it was when Norwich had been promoted it's Norwich versus Liverpool and Norwich side that i think looked really comfortable in terms of going really strong in the championship last season they looked like they were a lot more stable defensively they had that cover in midfield to just sort of screen that defense a lot more i thought um it seemed like a more composed approach to the game uh For me, it just seems like they they developed a lot last season. Now they make the jump back up to the Premier League. And, I mean, for them, they must be thinking, why Liverpool? Why again? Mm -hmm. This is not a good omen. But how do you see this game going? Um, Norwich versus Liverpool. Obviously, Liverpool, as we say, is your team. So you would have a lot more background on there. And I guess maybe a tidbit for fantasy players, are they bringing in Tim for that 4.0?
0: Bloody hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I presume so, because I think Milne will probably start in midfield, going off the uh, pre-season starting 11th. So for neutrals who's not following us, Uh, we had a game Sunday against uh, Athletic Bilbao, and we started, like, uh Salamani Jotter up front and the midfield was uh Milner, Navigator and Elliot. And then the defence was Trent, uh Matip, Van Dijk and Robertson, but obviously he got injured. So I presume that'll be the midfield maybe one swapping in for Elliot. Um uh, but yeah Simicash. hopefully geez I can't be dealing with Milner at left back in twenty twenty one. Um yeah, hopefully Simic has a starting uh, left-back. But Liverpool have had a good pre-season. We've had a long one. We've had loads of weird half-an-hour games and then 60-minute games like on the same day and stuff like that. So we've we've, we've kept ourselves busy. Um, I think Jota will start the season because Bobby was obviously at the Copper. Um, and he's the one in pre-season. He's been playing with Salah and Mane. But yeah, I think the only good news for Norwich is that Louis Suarez isn't at Liverpool anymore. <laughs> That's probably about <laughs> it. Um, yeah, it, it, it's a it's a tough opening for them, but I suppose you get one of them out of the way, or you might catch them cold, as we mentioned with uh, Chelsea earlier on. But yeah, it, it, it's a tough one for Norwich. I think, as you said, I think the signing of Ben Gibson. I think he settled into a partnership with uh, Grant Hanley. That's probably helped out because when the last came up, they had like. I can't remember his bloody you name. Know, they had a defensive midfielder at the centre back all all season. They were like messing about with, with that. Um, so hopefully if that centre back partnership is more stable for them, um hopefully they can stay up. Because we know uh Farker likes to attack. So yeah, that could be hopeful, more hopeful from this season. But um them themselves have obviously lost Buendia, as you mentioned, with the Villa one, but people like Rashika hopefully can't well can build on his last Premier League appearances as well um they'll be interesting but in this game specifically i think liverpool depending obviously who plays i think maybe van dyke won't start this one because he only played 60 odd mins in the last um uh in the bill ball game as i said so yeah i think liverpool going forward will be good like that front three I mentioned with Naby Keita in there, that, that's quite a lot of good attacking options. Trent looks fit and firing in, in pre-season as well. So, yeah, I'll make Liverpool's heavy favourites for this. What was what was the result when we beat them? Was it 4-1 when we beat the, I think, the four, yeah, I think four. season? Yeah, I think 4-1. Let's go as a repeat. Repeat of that. Ouch. Norwich looked good, but ultimately Liverpool have more salary. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and that's the thing. Mo Salah hasn't scored in preseason, and I think that's a he dangerous thing. He saved it
0: for any matter. <laughs> that's the thing.
1: He did it last season as well, where he didn't score, and and he just absolutely came out on fire. Look, for me, I think the biggest issue for Norwich in this game will not be having a ready-made screen for that back four. Obviously, I mentioned earlier on how they looked a lot more balanced last season. They had that screen. They had a settled back four. They brought in some really good players um, that I think can make the jump and hopefully they stay up the season because they're one of those sides that you do enjoy watching their football. Um, But not having that protection for them, back line is just going to be a problem against this Liverpool front three uh, and I'm throwing Jota in there not Firmino in terms of the movement in terms of how hungry they, they've looked in pre-season this is the first time that Mane and Salah have had a pre-season break mm-hmm. in years and you can see that they look energized they look hungry they look scary if I'm being quite honest and I think that's just going to be unfortunate timing for Norwich um, and, and they're gonna suffer for it. I, I don't know if I'll go all the way to four um, one. And I do think that Norwich, although they've obviously lost Wenger, uh, I, I, I think they could cause some problems to Liverpool's defense. I, I, you know, Van Dijk, if he does play, is still gonna be. Um, it's gonna take him time to settle back. The guy hasn't played football for well over ten months, and I can just see. Um, opposition fans are waiting for him to make mistakes so they can post about how terrible he is now or whatever. But the reality of the situation is he does look rusty and he's going to make mistakes early on. But it's not something that me personally I'm worried about because I know he's going to regain his form and, and he's going to. Do we need to bring up Ruben album.
0: Diaz at the Euros?
1: Come on. And <laughs> no, <Yeah. laughs> no, we not we, we don't. We don't. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm going to go with a. I'm going to go 3-1. I think I'm liking this 3-1 scoreline. It it just, it just fits for this one. I think 4-1 is a bit too harsh. And, and hopefully Norwich can keep the goals down, maybe in terms of thinking of goal difference already to, to start the season. But, Guy, we move on to two teams who had very interesting seasons last season. Both of them were probably being tipped as maybe not relegated, but being in trouble in Newcastle and West Ham but mm. Newcastle did it again they stayed up Steve Bruce did a fantastic do- job keeping them up despite not maybe being the favorites um for a lot of the St James's Park faithful and then you look at um David Moyes and West Ham and what fantastic football they played to end the season do they continue that form heading into this game against Newcastle who have a goalkeeper crisis at the moment do they yeah, Dobrovka injury, Darlo injury. It, it's not looking mm-hmm. good. Maybe Fred, of, maybe Freddie
0: good. Woodman gets a game. who has been on loan at Swansea for a few years. Yeah, and Chelsea like just it. conceded against Villarreal. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> There's stuff. hope for but, yeah, Palace but... yet. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, I think for, if, if Freddie Woodman's good by reputation, uh, so maybe it's not a crisis. But first game in the Premier League. Uh, nervy occasion and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I think it's a, it's a weird one. I'm looking at uh, West Ham's business and they've only bought well, they've bought in some young players by the looks of it, but they've brought in Ariola, uh, who was probably one of the best players at Fulham, um, albeit in a relegated season. But he was one that probably kept uh, upped his reputation, if anything. So I think. Whether he starts or not, or he's eases his way past Fabianski, I think that, that's a good signing. Um, they're obviously linked with... Is it Milinkovic? The one from Fiorentina. They're yes. so obviously looking at centre-backs. But yeah, I think West Ham, maybe not as high as they were last season, because where did they finish in the end? It was sixth? 6th in the end. <sighs> obviously, with the generally... Um, Europa League of screw your season, but if they if they can finish top top half, I think they can continue that. But in terms of the game itself, Newcastle Newcastle are so dependent on two players, and those two players are Alan Maxwell and Callum Wilson. Um, if them two were in the starting eleven, they're a completely different team. Whether they have a centre back injury crisis, goalkeeper injury crisis, they always have an injury crisis at some point. But if them two players are playing, they have a chance. And to my knowledge, both of them are fit until Teziwa tells me they're both injured. Then my prediction... <laughs> no, they're fit for That prediction will be going the other way. I, I think Newcastle could could get a cheeky win. With them two players, if they've had a full preseason, well-rested, etc., they can announce Willock at half-time for a nice boost or something. I'll go 2-1... Newcastle, because I believe West Ham have a Europa League game middle of next week, so they might have one eye on that. But Newcastle will probably get tonked 4 0 now I've backed them, but I'm going to stick with 2 1 Newcastle.
1: Interesting stuff. Um, Yeah, Wilson played, I think, 67 minutes in their game against Norwich uh, last weekend and St. Maxman I think came on in the second half early in the second half so they yeah they they are they're playing they're involved in preseason, they're looking fit fingers crossed um for Newcastle fans that they do stay fit and and your scoreline again was
0: 2-1 2 Newcastle United
1: oh wow that would be a fantastic start for Newcastle and a fantastic way to welcome back some of the the most passionate fans in in the Premier League at Saint James's Park. I think that's probably one of the stadiums I'm looking forward to seeing full again um, when it's safe and, and and all of that stuff. But one of those stadiums that I'm really excited to to see fans back at because it's a lot of stairs
0: bringing... for us away fans. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it is a lot of stairs. It is a lot of stairs. Um, from my perspective, West Ham, I think probably could do with a little more firepower, but. Yeah, I don't I think that's going to be a concern for them in this specific game. Mm-hmm. Um, early on in the season, although Newcastle haven't done a, a, a lot of business, and Steve Bruce has mentioned that a lot of it is dependent on what some of the maybe clubs that are finishing higher than them or finished higher than them last season do. Um, They got Willock back. Can he continue his form? Maybe that's why you're giving that to two goals to them that that will be interesting to see I I think Mm. West Ham and Newcastle kind of cancel each other out in terms of both I think both defensively will need work as the season starts but both have promise in attack I know I've said West Ham need depth but this is the first game of the season you don't really need depth in the first game of the season unless you're talking injuries and looking at it, um Mikel Antonio's fit. That that's pretty much their attack at the moment. Yeah. Um so with Lanzini with the knock, whether or not he does make it and and squeezes back in for the game is still a question to to be answered. So I'm I'm gonna go with the two two draw in this one. I think that both teams kind of cancel each other out with their attacking firepower mm-hmm. and you know we we see where they go from there. But there's no question about seeing where these two teams go in terms of what is expected of them this season and this is the last fixture of the weekend and it's a lovely way to end the weekend if you are a neutral obviously if you're one of these fans you have to wait the entire weekend for your team to play and because it's it's a big game you know the nerves probably just build and build it's Tottenham Hotspurs they entertain Manchester City as I said and maybe you know Maybe it's me just piling the pressure on Man City, but they look like they, you know, aren't messing about in terms of their expectations this season. We know there's that Champions League that's always looming over the head in terms of expectations. But as big as that expectation for Champions League continues to get, the more they don't get it, there's always still that minimum expectation of winning the Premier League, which is... By far and above a minimum that any team in the Premier League would take. Um, I, I think that's safe to say that that would be fantastic for any team. But for City, it seems like this specific game, coming off you know that loss to Leicester City in the Community Shield, coming up against the Tottenham side who are, have got a brand new manager. They finally they finally got a brand new manager. Uh, I wasn't sure if they were going to get it over the line. Uh, towards the end there, but Nuno Espirito Santo comes in. They've had some interesting preseason games. Some games where they've not looked so great, but still gotten a result. And other games where they have looked, haven't looked great, gotten a result. And other games where they have looked great, but not necessarily gotten the result that they wanted. I mean, I'm looking at the chances Delhi Ali had this past weekend in their preseason game. Maybe they're thinking they should have won that game um, quite decisively. But how do you see this game going, guy? It's the first big game. I think it's safe to say the first big game of the season. Already, you're going to be chasing one of your rivals. I mean, if if Spurs can mount a challenge, a title challenge this season, I think would be absolutely incredible, and they probably should knight or, or get a, a statue of Nuno. Um, I don't think that's going to be the situation I think top four is probably the maximum they should be aiming for hoping for Um, and and then they you know they see how they get on in the season whereas Man City in terms of Premier League as I said they know they want the Champions League but Premier League they've got the squad to go and win this and I'm always an advocate of Squad depth usually comes to to the forefront when it comes to a league campaign. And City have the best squad in the league. Mm -hmm. Chelsea second for me. Um, It's a toss-up between Liverpool and Man United in terms of squad. Mm -hmm. Um, And and then it kind of goes on from there. But how do you see this game going? Um, Man City have a lot of players that still need to come back either from injury or extended holidays, etc. Tottenham, the obvious glaring one that still needs to come back. Someone on
0: a really long holiday. (laughs) (laughs) He's
1: he's come back now. I think we we, we should say he has come back now. But, um, yeah, he he took a liberty there in terms of uh, having an extra break. Can Tottenham upset Man City? Um, Nuno getting his first win he's got the fans in the ground with him a Man City side that maybe is on the ropes a little bit to start the season when it, is there a better time to play Man City than first game of the season there, I think they're kind of one of those teams that once they get going it's it's impossible to stop them
0: Yeah I think it, it, it's a good point about playing them so early on obviously Spurs are missing the odd um, Late coming back, I think. Obviously, Romero, the new signing. I'm guessing he's been training with them, but obviously, he was late back because we he, he won the copper. Um, and then main men, Harry Kane. Anyone else I'm missing?
1: Uh, Ryan Cessonio got a hamstring injury. Tanga and Dombele hasn't featured. Yeah, and, that's
0: weird, that one,
1: isn't it? Um, yeah, and I mean, the explanation for that was they, he, they he wants say, to go, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The polite explanation was it, it wasn't the right time to bring him back or something in, into the game. Um, but anyway, that, that yeah. That so for I was... want
0: to leave Tottenham, please. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think it's a good time to play Man City because they have a lot of English people um, like Sterling Green, this is obviously, new signing. Harry Kane, soon to be new signing. Um, Phil Forden's injured, isn't he? I mean, I'm looking at the team that started the Community Shield. Who was on the bench as well? Just to... Ooh, God, even the bench isn't that good. Um, but yeah, Man City, I think probably, well, maybe not the worst affected because they have a lot of depth, as we keep saying, but a lot of their star players were very late in the international tournaments. But if they start the team that started the Community Shield, which I don't think they will, I'd probably make Spurs favourites because... Bar Kane, I think they've been quite settled. But um, Man City is Man City. I, I could see Grealish playing. Kyle Walker's a freak. He'll probably just come straight back in. Um, don't start Nathan Ackie because every time I've watched him in a Man City team, he's been bad. Um, Yeah, it, it's a strange one with City. I think I, I'm one of the people who think City will win the league, but there might be slightly slow starters again because... As as we keep saying, the the England squad, there's a lot of them. Um, It's weird. Spurs. (laughs) If Romero's not ready to play, their defence is a concern because it'll involve Eric Dyer. I don't know, no. Um, And if it does involve Romero, that's good. But if it's not, obviously Toby's left. What'll be Dyer? Is Davidson Sanchez still a thing? Apparently, I don't apparently, think they apparently. Want it to be. <laughs> so yeah, we're, we're struggling. Like it'll be probably Dyer and some young centre backs that, or people we've obviously forgot exist.
1: Um, but well, yeah, in terms of how they lined up uh, against Arsenal this past weekend, right, they had no. Tanganga at right back, Sanchez at centre back with Dyer and Reguilon Ooh. at left back. Eh,
0: it's not great. <laughs> no. no, I think.
1: Skip and Hoyberg as kind of a shield, I think worked well for them. Skip has had a fantastic preseason. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he starts actually mm. for them. Um, and then the three in behind Son were Bergwijn, Deli Ali, and Lucas. As I said, Ali's looked impressive yeah. without the finishing touch. Um, he's missed a few chances, but he's at least getting in those positions. Yeah, 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 yeah. The problem for me is, will they be able to deal with cities' sort of triangles and, and yeah. the off-the-ball running and stuff? Defensively, you got to be really on it against them. The communication has to be great. I'm worried about Spurs' back four in that one. I'm going to throw mine out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go crazy and go 3-3. Three, three no defense, because
0: just I, vibes. Let's
1: go. No defense, just vibes. Because neither team will have a settled back four in this game yeah i think tottenham going forward have looked pretty decent and as i said if they if if Deli ali can sort out his finishing i I wouldn't put it past him scoring in this one um and usually these tottenham man city games are high scoring Mm Mm-hmm. And then I look at City with the amount of players that they don't have back yet. And it's kind of the blessing and disguise of signing so many quality players is a lot of them are going to be an international duty. But yeah, I've gone 3-3 for that one.
0: I, I can certainly see it because, as you say, sometimes they are quite boring. Like the League Cup was terrible. Um, yeah, as you say, no defence, just vibe. Like, Eric Dierman. Um Yeah. I'll say two, two, just to be different. But yeah, I think man, I forgot De Bruyne is injured as well. They have missing quite a lot, to be fair. Ah, screw it, two one Tottenham. Oh wow! Let's go! Can't wait for guy, Man City to win four in in <laughs> nil. Yeah, I'm backing in Brighton, Brighton, Newcastle,
1: and Tottenham. Let's go! <laughs> amazing, amazing stuff. Well, guy, you've said it all. Um this is going to do it for another episode of a Tab predictable. Thank you so much for listening guys. Um, obviously the first episode back, we kind of have to give you guys a brief view of how teams are looking as well as then entering the predictions as well. So they won't be as long as these ones going forward. It, it, it's obviously just the first one, but guy, do you have anything you want to plug, put over or promote before we wrap up?
0: Yeah, my bad on the length. I, of- Went very detailed on the first two games. Um, but in terms of plugs, um, probably one for the Liverpool fans. I was on the AI main podcast today. I think it literally got released whilst I was on this one. Um, so, yeah, check that out if you're a Liverpool fan. Or if you're not, it's quite... Uh, this one was a bit football-focused, but we do talk about general stuff as well. Um, but, yeah, AI pod, and then me and you will be joined by a new contributor over on AI Pro next week for Rate right Don't won't we?
1: Yeah, I'm stepping into the hosting shoes for that one, so that should be exciting. Um From my end, you guys can check out all the awesome content on EPL Index website, that's eplindex.com As I said, keep an eye out for um, that predictions page where you can send in your predictions for each of the games each game week. Um We'll let you know via the Twitter account for a tab predictable about what's going on with that one, if you know it breaks before next week's episode there are match previews on there as well there are post-match reviews player performances all of the news you could wish for including transfer news it's getting to that stage where teams need to either put up or shut up in terms of getting transfers in and selling people that they do need to sell <clears throat> liverpool um And as I said, if you guys want a refresher on just what teams are looking like, go to eplindex.com. All of the articles are on there for each of the teams, and and you can kind of get an idea of how everyone's shaping up. Of course, there's the daily podcast show, the Two Footer Podcast with Dave Hendrick. Um, Finally, you can also check out our flagship show that runs weekly. It's the EPL Roundtable. They had their first show back last week. Um, Kevin DeVries sits down with panelists from respective EPL teams They do reviewings and previewings of the happenings around the EPL. Um, So if you want an in-depth of some of the specific teams, depending on which guests are on there, they do go into detail about their teams and the shape of those teams. So if you feel maybe you didn't get as much detail here because we have to go through all of the fixtures, I recommend listening to the episode they had last week, Sunday. Um, And then obviously this show, you can check out the Twitter page at a predictable. Follow at EPL Index on Twitter. Subscribe to the EPL Index podcast channel on all of your you know, podcast providers. Give us five stars. Write a positive comment if you are so inclined. That stuff really does help us out. I've been Tadiwa Chanakira. You can find me on Twitter at Tad Predicts. The lovely lady that does our guest intros, she is Jodie McKennis. You can find her at Spursy141. And she's got a YouTube show coming out as well um i think it starts next week so look out for that one um i'm sure she'll be posting about that one and she is our defending champion on a tab predictable so i think she'll be posting pictures about the trophy and all of that good stuff there we have a brand new intro song as we mentioned at the beginning a uh, huge thank you to obi Semenya for sorting that out for us he's at john empire sa our producer behind the glass And he was in front of the mic today Huge thank you to Guy Drinkle He's at Guy Drinkle on Twitter The guy that never stops when it comes to football Huge thank you for you coming on the show Guy And remember Chasinga Perry brilliant. Away by Wicks. Chino it's Shura walk,
0: browses, yeah. that one out! a goal by Harry Kane. Saka 2-0.
1: Jesse Lingard all oh, something finished. The champions of 2021
0: are Manchester City. Sports Social Podcast Network.